0: Hi, this is Michelle Specht, Dr. McKenna on Star Trek Continues. As ship's counselor, I am recommending you listen to the soothing sounds of the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Doctor's orders.
1: Spot Fleet Command Home Office in the Granite State. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, your independent Star Trek podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trek Geeks. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. Hey, we just landed from Las Vegas, and boy, are my arms tired. Hey, uh, ba boom uh. Yeah, thank you. That voice you hear groaning in pain is my incredible co-host, He's the uh, the very residential Dan Davidson. Dan, you're 7 minutes away from me yet I'm still looking at your ugly mug on my computer. How you doing, buddy?
0: I wish I was 7000 minutes away from you most <laughs> of the time, but it's good to be here, I got to say. In the new house, settling in very nicely seven minutes, that's gonna be a great commute next week when we actually start commuting together again thanks for taking the week off and working from home jerk but uh, that's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be here i love getting back behind the microphone and talking some trek and we've got some awesome stuff to talk about tonight uh with our recap of another amazing star trek las vegas trip that that we just got back
1: from this week you know, it's hard to believe this is the fourth one you and I have done together. It's mm-hmm. after not doing any of them together previously. And um, they fly by every year. I feel like we wait 51 weeks for this to happen, and it's gone in an instant. But, man, what a week it was, and we've got a lot to unpack. Joining us to unpack some of that luggage is a special guest geek for the full hour, Dan.
0: Oh, it's always good to introduce new people to the podcast. Uh, he's a great friend of ours. He is the founder and the editor of treknews.net which you might have heard about on this here podcast he is brian wilkins brian uh we caught up with you out in vegas we got lots of stuff to talk about and we are both very excited that you're joining us here tonight on episode 147
2: 147 hey hey guys thank you guys so much for having me it's uh it's absolutely an honor to finally be on trek geeks i'm glad we could finally make our schedules match up and uh talk some stlv
1: it only took 147 episodes and meeting you 2,000 miles away from our, you know, uh, combined locations of in New England, because you're literally maybe an hour away from us. This is true. <laughs> Very true. We plan well. We plan well, don't we?
0: <laughs> we do plan well. It's, uh, this is the second time I had the honor of meeting you, uh, one of the uh, most beautiful people on the planet Earth, married to the most beautiful woman on the planet Earth. And now you have a kid who is... The most beautiful kid on the planet Earth, but it was nice to meet you both. But the second time, Bill missed it the first time a couple of years ago, but that's okay. We made up for it this time, and we had a great time.
2: This is true. Her light definitely shines on me, and uh, and <laughs> her beauty uh, makes us both look good. I would I would hope. Um, it was awesome seeing you guys out in Vegas, Bill. I'm glad you uh, were able to actually to make it to the bar
1: this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know to in my own defense last year I was overserved <laughs> allegedly. Oh, no no I, I mean, was. That's rumor. I'm going <laughs> to come to it right now. I was overserved. That's one way to spin <laughs> it. Yeah, well, it's all about the spin, right? This it is. is. True. This is very Um true. Dan, speaking of spin, for those people who may want to give me their war stories of Las Vegas or um, their overserved uh recollections, how might they get in touch with us Mon Frere?
0: Well, it is very easy to get in touch with us. Just head on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact, contact, contact. And there you will find a variety of ways to send (laughs) Bill or I a message about anything you want to share with us. Uh, You can leave us a voicemail. You can Skype chat us. You can even fill out the contact form to leave us a message. Or you can click on that big blue button on the right-hand side of the website to leave us a voice message using SpeakPipe. And, hey, we certainly would love it if you would join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. There's always great things happening over there, especially this week. There's a lot of uh, STLV pictures and discussion. Um, We'll have the Friday commute celebration hopefully returning next week when Bill and I will do our weekly lip sync uh, especially for our campers. Plus, you're going to get early access to episode of the Trek Geeks podcast before they're ever released to the general populace. So uh, to join the group, just head right on over to facebook.com slash groups slash One of our wonderful admins will let you write in to join in on all the fun. But, guys, i got to tell you, uh, remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future
1: episode. Shh. Shh, don't tell anyone. anyone. It's our secret. One of these days, I'm going to change that copy on you because you're like Ron Burgundy. (laughs) You read whatever is put in front of you, and it could be career-ending. I'm just going to throw that out there.
0: Well, I will also throw out there that maybe you didn't read it today because I changed it up today before we started recording, so (laughs) (laughs) ha-ha-ha.
1: I pay such such great attention when you read. What can I say? (laughs) Well, I should because it's a disaster anytime you start reading the English language. That is true. Alright, well after this uh, brief break We're probably going to come back with what I figure Is probably Brian's favorite segment in Track Geeks Every single week
2: <laughs> It, Without a doubt is uh, Hearing that song every single week Brings a smile to my face You guys were just talking about your commute I listen to you guys on my one hour commute Each way to and from work And um, it feels like being part of the show Right now Actually yeah, being got out got out of part, the part of
1: the, part of the, the show yeah we can actually see you so uh yeah (laughs) i'm so sorry dan it's time for the news from treknews.net dan 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 Spanning the Alpha Quadrant.
0: Dan 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 <laughs> for all the news on all the Star Treks. Yo Dan 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 Dan. It's
2: TrekNews dot Dan, Dan, Dan Davidson. Woo. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I, should say, I, I should really start paying you guys for this. this you really, really right. should.
1: Uh, <laughs> sponsorship is cheap. I assure you. Uh, online at treknews.net Dan um. I noticed a, a distinct change to your song this yeah. week. Um what inspired that?
0: Well, we will have to to thank our great friend and fellow podcaster Mr. Barry DeFord of Politrex, for putting that little thing in my ear to do uh on an upcoming episode of the
1: podcast and how could I say no to that? I mean, that was just wonderful. I'm pretty sure one or both of you were overserved for that <laughs> moment. Stan and Brian up first. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about what happened at STLV in our next segment, but there are a couple of interesting things that have cropped up really in just the last five days since we've gotten home. And, uh, Dan, we've talked often about your education and luckily for you, there's a brand new course <laughs> coming to help you with your Star Trekiness. Well, you know,
0: I, I make things go, uh, I am smart, but not as smart as I should be. So a new Star Trek online course is being offered by NetDragon and the Smithsonian Institution, it's called Star Trek Inspiring Culture and Technology. It's going to be a six week program focusing on the cultural and technological impact of Star Trek. And it's going to be hosted by Star Trek superfan Scott Mance, who we actually had the pleasure of seeing host a couple of panels at STLV last week. So that's pretty cool. You know where we've never seen Scott
1: Mance? <laughs> on Discovering Trek. But I don't know. <laughs> I hope you hear this. I'm really kind of fascinated by this because I mean, there have been other star Trek courses in the past, right? But this one seems to have a a very interesting, um, curriculum, which I, I guess I, I never would have thought about it that way. I've always been inspired by watching star Trek. I guess I never figured that there would be a course specifically about the culture and technology. Um, Brian, what's, what do you think about this? I mean, is this something that interests you or what do you, who do you think the core audience is?
2: I think this is uh it, it's super, super cool. I think that Star Trek fans, as Star Trek fans, we want to embed ourselves in this fandom. We want to learn more and more and more about this thing that we love uh, as my wife is here waving <laughs> to you guys behind me. Um, <laughs> It's a, it's one of those things we really want to embed ourselves in. We want to learn more about it, and there's some great minds that are that are going into this, uh, that are going to be teaching this course. And for I think it's what is it twenty dollars, but there's yeah. a, a promo for ten bucks. And I think if you were at STLV, they had a promo for even like five dollars or something.
1: Yeah, like three wow. bucks. Yeah, yeah, to check
2: this thing out. Um, I mean, it, it's less than a Starbucks coffee at this point, so it's something that I'll sign up for for sure. <laughs>
1: And Dan needs all the education he can get. So I'm actually <laughs> going to buy him excellent a subscription to this course because he could certainly be cultured. Um, really, all he gets, the only culture he gets is yogurt these days. <laughs> so, uh but boom Moving on. I keep using that because Piscopo was at STLV this week. And <laughs> hey. who doesn't love the outrageous Acona, I'm just saying. Yeah, who does um, love it? Yeah, I don't know. Huh? <laughs> Show of hands. Um Dan, we also met some great folks from Eagle Moss in Vegas this past week, and we saw some incredible ship designs. Their latest Discovery Starship releases have received some glowing reviews at a little site called TrekNews.net, I might add.
0: That's a pretty good site. And yes, they have uh, received some great reviews. Uh, Both the Klingon Bird of Prey and the USS Kerala got some high marks for attention to detail and the overall look of the models. The uh, Klingon bird of prey had a design that was intended to be something that would, quote, stab you in space. And uh, it certainly looks like it's capable with its downward sloping wings. Very cool look to it. And the USS Kerala is a design reminiscent of the old NX-01, which fits perfectly into the timeline with Discovery. Uh, and it also has uh, several aspects of the USS Shenzhou in its design. Uh, this Shepard-class starship is gorgeous. Both of them were on display in Vegas, and seeing them up close and personal was, was really quite a rush and uh, I'm really thinking I'm going to have to add both of them to my collection uh, of ships on uh, my cubicle at work.
1: Uh, I've seen your cubicle at work. It's the same size as mine, which is not very big. Um, and these ships are pretty sizable. I'm not mm. going to lie. Um, I, I, I may have spent allegedly a little too much money at the Eagle Moss booth at stlv i don't know if either of you two suffered from the same thing but uh i also know have to find room for a defiant xl mm. i might
0: add yes you do <laughs> and that's not a bad thing
1: no it's not a bad thing um I, I i love to see what they're doing with the discovery starships i'm i'm fascinated i i can't wait to see an enterprise that's that's what i want now you know well,
0: i don't yeah. have one yet
1: <laughs> no one has one yet. I want a Discovery-era <laughs> Enterprise in no. the worst way. Although, uh, Brian, rumor has it you tried to abscond with the $9,000 one oh. from the Inovos booth. I, uh, true or false, sir?
2: I had it under my shirt. I was halfway <laughs> down the aisle, and um, yeah, someone grabbed me by the shoulder and
1: said, yeah. Sir,
2: could you please put that back? I said, It's for review purposes. It's for review purposes.
1: <laughs> I said, wow. I still you admitted to it that You admitted to everything. I am stunned and amazed. (laughs) I'm (laughs) proud of you, buddy. Good job. Um, On a more serious note, as we move along, um, Dan, last weekend, you and I both had the opportunity to meet the legendary Nichelle Nichols. And today, less than one week after STLV, TMZ has reported that she's been diagnosed with dementia. Um, You and I both had photo opportunities with her. I got my photo opportunity signed. And I have to say, before you, you talk a little bit about the details, I am not surprised by this diagnosis. Mm-mm, not at all. Um, while she was in the middle of signing my photo, she forgot how to spell the word blessings and had to ask somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very sad. And um, like I said, not entirely surprising.
0: Well, I have to thank you, first off, before we get into the story, Bill, because we were talking about this, and there was rumor that this might be her last STLV, and and uh, if we wanted to get a photo op, this year would be the year to do it, so I did decide to do it. The photo op was wonderful. She was such a joy just to say hello and thank her for everything she's done, so thank you for pointing me in that direction to get the picture, and uh, and I'm glad you were able to get her uh, her autograph. I I actually did not get the autograph on the picture, and that's now something I'm regretting, but um, go right ahead.
1: No, I say I, I totally understand, um, Brian. Obviously, as as TrekNews.net man, I mean, mm. this has to be a story that uh, is not a, a a happy one to report by any means. Um, so I, it looks like there's a conservatorship that's been established, and we can only hope that that's a positive thing for her future, perhaps.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think any of us that have been going to STLV over the last couple of years, we've noticed uh, when they've they've had Nichelle up on stage that mm-hmm. maybe she she shouldn't be up there for yeah. a, a myriad yeah. of reasons, um, and one just because it, it seems like she's she has been getting somewhat forgetful of. of her time on Star Trek and elements of her life. So yeah, I don't think this diagnosis is anything that surprises most of us. Um, It's still very sad. It's it's sad to see someone that we really do respect and someone that is um, a big part and a big contributor to not just Star Trek, but also a contributor to fandom and how genuine and beautiful of a person that Nichelle is. Um, Mm -hmm. I I wish her, Nothing but the best, and for for the rest of her years, Um, we've seen some of these actors in Star Trek um, pass away in in recent years, and um, it's it it really does touch all of us. It's they're people that contributed to our lives and contributed to our fandom and contributed to the people that we are today. Um, So. It's uh, it, it, it is sad. It's something that we're trying to still kind of figure out how we will handle this on the site, this type of news. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, it's um, uh, I'm looking at the TMZ
0: report that Bill mentioned and um, uh, her doctor, uh, Dr. Mina Makajani, has been her doctor for about two or three years and uh, says that she has, quote, moderate progressive dementia um, her major impairments are short-term memory and moderate impairment of understanding abstract concepts, sense of time, place, and immediate recall. But um, it is said that on the bright side, the doctor says there's no apparent there's no apparent impairment of things like long-term memory, orientation of her body, comprehension, verbal communication, etc. So. I guess if you want to put a bright side on this unfortunate story, that would be the bright side. But it's still, it's still such a sad thing to see happen to it someone is. that we've grown to love so much over the years, of course.
1: Well, and let me introduce a new wrinkle now. So um, TrekCast earlier today, the, the podcast that is now in a, a next generation sort of format, yeah. um, uh, had on a guest um, who has created a GoFundMe. Um, to benefit Nichelle Nichols, and it is titled "Dignity for Nichelle Nichols." Um, this person is a has become a friend of Nichelle's over the years, and they spent lots of time with her. And she's attempting to raise seventy five thousand um, dollars to assist Miss Nichols. This GoFundMe has been going on for nine days so far. Um, she uh, alleges that Nichelle's health is, is good per se. Mm-hmm. Um, she may ask you the same question quite a few times, or she may ask you where she is going, but th- that's normally because she simply doesn't remember. Um, but largely because this has been started because her estate is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and everything that she's worked for, for decades, apparently items go missing regularly. Um, And her finances are being called into question because those have been going missing. So obviously, it's not an easy situation to be in. This GoFundMe is also urging a letter writing campaign to the judge in the case because the hearing does not take place for another eh, six days or so as we record this on August 16th. Um, and it occurs to me that that's not necessarily how judges operate mm-hmm. fan mail or, or it doesn't right. really weigh necessarily in their decisions. So if people want to investigate this, go me. It's out there. Um, it's, it's up to you. Um, I, I have a feeling that Nichelle needs a conservatorship at this point in her life. I've had a parent with dementia and I understand what that means. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no good answers to this uh i can only hope that the people who are charged with her care do the right thing if that makes sense
2: yeah at the end of the day i think all all we all want is for nichelle to be taken care of the way that she deserves to be and yeah. uh whoever is taking care of her to have her best interests in mind
1: i think that is so perfectly stated now um just before we came on mike tonight Brian, you indicated that you may actually, because um, you know a little of the site called treknews.net, uh, have another story that um, really just hit as we record this. Yeah. Uh, about two minutes before
2: we jumped on to do the podcast, uh, news broke that both Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, uh, their futures in Star Trek IV are in doubt as uh, talks with Paramount have fallen through. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, these things can pick back up but it sounds like the uh, the talks kind of fell through when both of these actors who have created these massive names for themselves they're both part mm-hmm. of these bi- big comic book franchises uh with those large comic book movies come big salaries mm-hmm. and what they had originally uh agreed upon for the star trek films may be a little little out of whack for uh for what they're demanding in uh, in Hollywood these days. So it sounds like uh, talks have fallen through, at least for the time being. Again, this is something that could pick back up. The studio could go back and say, hey, we really see a lot of value in a fourth film. Um, we see uh, the ability to to bring these two actors back in. And I know the, the reviews are somewhat mixed among Star Trek fans for the first three films. Personally, I really enjoyed all of them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Yep, And I would love to see a fourth one. But on the flip side of things, if Star Trek on the big screen went in a different direction, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing either.
1: No, I, I agree with you. I think that you know, it would be nice if they did a fourth movie with the Kelvin timeline cast. But if they decided to go another way and, and even recast some people or everybody, yep. I think I'm okay with that because I think that this cast has done a great job. I mean, I like the movies too. Um, and Dan, I'm pretty sure you're going to echo the same sentiment. Mm-hmm.
0: I love them. I love the, uh, Abrams movies. So uh, the Kelvin timeline, I think for me, um, I would rather if, if I'd rather see if somebody was not going to be there, I'd rather it be, um, Chris Hemsworth, because I think Chris Pine has solidified himself as this movie version of captain Kirk. And I think it would be very difficult to replace him and still have the rest of the Kelvin cast from the previous three movies, that would really look weird to me, I think. So if one of them was not going to be included, as much as I'd love to see how they're going to bring George Kirk back into this, I would say I'd rather have Chris Pine than Chris Hemsworth. But I really want to see both of them, to be honest.
1: You know, it's it's interesting that one insider says that, you know, that the last film actually lost money if they start looking at the numbers. And it makes me wonder: Can any movie make money these days? <laughs> uh, that's not named Infinity War, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess time will tell. Um, this is why you're on the pulse of of all the Star Treks, and um, I, I guess that. Uh, what can I say, dude? You rock all the new,
2: all the Star Trek. This is right. I feel
1: And that should be a banner on the website right there, like right underneath the the, the title.
2: Yeah. Maybe it'll be a banner at the uh, the Fan Geeks party next year.
1: Oh, I like that. We're going to talk a little bit about that (laughs) and some other STLV news or or stuff. News? News. Eh. See, I got news on the brain because we got the news guy here. It's like being Um, in front of the principal. (laughs) (laughs) boys as we progress forward let's talk about some star trek las vegas um i got a, a variety of bullet points before me and um we can probably talk about some of the implications or some of the things that went down around them and i'll probably pepper between the two of you at uh, mm-hmm. at various points but dan the one up first is probably the most personal of of stories for you anyway mm-hmm. as far as star trek las vegas and it's um you're getting to meet cole Meany from star trek deep space nine when we didn't think we thought at one point you were not going to get to meet Cole Mini at all.
0: I didn't think it was going to happen at all. Yeah, anybody who's heard my story knows that um, I credit Colm with literally saving my life from captive pursuit. We won't go into the whole details of that again. But <clears throat> when I heard that Colm was going to be at the convention, I immediately signed up for a photo op. I immediately signed up for an autograph because I wanted to have the opportunity just to thank him very quickly. Well, we headed out to Las Vegas on Wednesday morning, which unfortunately was the same time that Colm was going to be doing his photo ops. So I was not happy with the scheduling creation, but things happen. Um, so we get to Chicago and I'm excited and, and, uh, all of a sudden we have an hour delay in our flight. I'm like, okay, we can still make it. We had some friends at Vegas who were going to meet us at the airport and shoot us right over to the, to the convention site so I could get in line. And then we leave and we taxi out to the runway and, yeah, then we turn around and head back to the gate for a maintenance problem. So I know that this is not going to happen. I'm crushed. But I do have to say, Bill, I handled it very well, didn't I? Because you know how I usually can be.
1: <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about yeah. in any <laughs> shape or form. No, it's a, it was a pretty amazing thing. I mean, we landed on the ground and uh, we we dropped you at the, the Rio and I stayed with the bags and mm-hmm. eventually caught up. And before I know it, you're backstage meeting Cole Meany.
0: Yeah, it really was something. And and before I get into the Cole Meany part, I just have to thank my Star Trek family for what they did for me. People like Haley Stoddart, People like um, Lou Halbitt from Fanset. There were so many people involved. I know that Heather Barker had something to do with this. Um, There were so many people that I can't name them all. But Haley was really the spearhead for this. And she was able to talk to creation folks and get something set up so that when Colm was at his autograph table, I walked up there and I said, hey, so-and-so from from creation sent me over. I'm the person who was um, uh, delayed flight. And his handler said, Colm, here's the gentleman. He's like, oh, okay. We stood up and we went backstage. To get a selfie with him, which was just amazing to me. So it gave me the opportunity to, instead of just having three seconds with him for a photo op, Mm -hmm. I shook his hand and I said, calm. I put my arm around his shoulder and I said, I just want to let you know that I am alive right now because of you, because of an episode where your character talk to somebody about the importance of life. And it just happened to be on TV the night that I had a gun in my mouth ready to pull the trigger. And I can never thank you enough for what you did that night. And he, I mean, he was speechless. His mouth was literally hanging open. He said, I I don't even know what to say. And I said, you don't have to say anything, man. Just thank you so much. And we took a great selfie. Um, I thanked him again. We went out um, into the main hall again, and he signed my poster for me, the Deep Space Nine poster bill that you got me a couple of years ago. And as I was leaving, he stuck it, he put his hands out again, shook my hand and said, thank you for telling me that story. I'll never forget it. It was the defining moment for me with everything that happened to me so long ago that I was able to do that. It was the moment of the convention, and it happened within the first hour that I was there. It was
2: awesome. That's absolutely incredible.
1: It's, it's mind blowing. I mean, it, to to think that, and this is part of the reason why I love going to Star Trek Las Vegas. It's for the people who were there. Our mm-hmm. Star Trek family is, as Dan called them out and, uh, just such an amazing group of people who knew you were going to not make it on time and they still worked to, to make this happen for you. So, uh, I'll always be grateful for that myself. So
0: yeah, I got to say, I I said it a little bit. It's amazing to me. We go out to spend time with these people that we only get to see once a year. And they have a lot of things that they want to do at Vegas. Also, they want to do their panels and they want to go to the vendor's room and do their stuff. But all of these people took their morning to, to do something for me because they knew how much it meant to me. And for that, I can never say thank you enough because it was the moment of a lifetime.
1: Well, um, I I don't know how to follow that up, other than to say, um, it's pretty awesome, and uh, if you haven't seen the picture, I'm sure it's uh, you can see it on Dan's Twitter. Uh, It's pretty cool. It is cool. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. Super cool. Dan, another highlight, um, and for us personally, was the Fan Geeks Party 2018, and although we hosted. I'm pretty sure that somebody else on this podcast may have attended that party and can attest to how um, off the hook it might might have been allegedly. Dude, Is that, that correct?
2: party was something else. Uh, Lori and I have been to a bunch of different parties at STLV. And I told her on uh, on Saturday night, we had to get over to this Fan Geeks party over at Caesars at the other side. And I don't think either of us knew what to expect. That place was jammed jam-packed i mean we couldn't even really fit inside the other side bar we had to stand kind of outside a little bit like we went in for a little bit and it was so hot from this many people that were jam-packed in there guys you along with uh with uh sets. Did such an absolutely incredible job! Everyone there was raving about how much fun they were having. They had you guys had these light up drinks, these light up margaritas in honor of Dan. Uh, you guys <laughs> gave away some incredible prizes from fan sets and autograph stuff, and it was just, dude, it was such a good time. And thank you guys um, from from this side of things. Thank you guys for all the work that you put into putting that thing together, and thanks to Lou and everyone over at FanSets as well for for just such an awesome event.
1: They really set us up for success. Um, it's it's been so great to work with them on these parties. Um, the the conservative estimate is we had a hundred and fifty percent greater turnout <laughs> this year than last, hmm. um, and we ran out of the fan sets pins at Ooh, one point. I got one yeah, yeah. What a the fan geeks party. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What's actually kind of cool about that is for the b- – coming up to the show before before the, the party actually took place, we were under the belief that we had only 150 of those pins to give out. Mm-hmm. So once 150 people showed up, we weren't going to have any other of those, and uh, we were going to give away some discovery pins. Well, we found out later on that night that we actually had 250 of those wow. pins, and we still ran out of them. So I I, I was – just humbled by the the turnout that we had. I had such a great time. I know that Bill had a fantastic time as we were emceeing the event, just, just, just having a blast and watching all the people um, enjoy themselves. And I got to say, for the folks at the other room, we were talking to them at the end of the night and one of the bartenders was so sweet. She said, you know, I have never hosted a party like this before. It was <laughs> so great. It was so fun. Everybody was happy. There was not one upset customer the entire night. And we said to her, we said, That's what Star Trek fans are like. And it was, it was a great, it was great. We had a great time.
1: Well, there's the possibility next year because we drew such a big crowd this year that we could be at a different slash bigger venue. Um, (laughs) and I think we're going to need it because, uh, we were, uh, we were elbow to elbow in there and it was, it was warm, but it was a great time for sure. (laughs) Um, As we move away from Trek geek centric news and the things that actually happened at STLV, (laughs) um, it appears that in Rain Wilson's panel um, uh, on the day that he was scheduled, he may have engaged the people who refused to subscribe to CBS All Access. <laughs> and it was entertaining from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, I'll ask for your thoughts initially, and then Brian will move over to you. But um, I, I have to say, Rain wasn't wrong. Oh, he wasn't wrong at all. He was dead on. The,
0: I ain't going to get my he at the Starbucks drink. <laughs> spend 6 dollars six ninety nine on that when he won't spend six ninety nine on CBS All Access to watch a freaking awesome Star Trek series. And I think it took balls for him to do it. And he was spot on. And I have more respect for him now because he did it in that way. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I was amazed when he asked, or Scott, I forget who it was who asked, how many people in the audience had not seen... Uh, Star Trek Discovery, and the amount of hands that went up was very surprising.
1: Brian, I wasn't in the room at that point. Were you there at that point, and did you see how many hands went up?
2: I wasn't there for the entire panel. I was only there for the beginning before Rain had talked about this, Um but I'd heard about it after. Like I think a lot of us did. And not to go off on uh, this long diatribe about why fan, uh Star Trek fans should subscribe to All Access, but what I would recommend is don't think of it as CBS All Access. Think of it as the Star Trek network. You get all of the series mm-hmm. plus Discovery plus the Discovery After Show. You get all of that content for whether it's $6.99 with, with commercials or $9.99 without commercials. And you can stop your subscription after Discovery runs if you so choose to, or keep it running mm-hmm. the way that I do and just pop on an episode of Star Trek whenever you want to. Right. Um, there's, there's Netflix. Sure. And the Star Trek episodes are on there as well, but Discovery isn't. And to me, yeah. the, pri- the 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 price is not a barrier to entry.
1: I think somebody that we were hanging out with and right now it escapes me who it was because it just caught me as so funny at the time was that most of the people who said that they had not seen Discovery um were also sitting in convention seats that cost them $1000. <laughs> And that's, that's not an exaggeration no. that level. You're paying a good chunk of change to sit that close to the stage at STLV. Yep. Um, so I, I did have to laugh at the irony because it was a little delicious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's
0: um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the things that gets under my skin. You're paying for star Trek, no matter where you watch it. If you're going to watch something on Netflix, you're paying your Netflix subscription. Right. If you're going to uh, watch it on, on CDs, you bought the CDs, everything costs something. And you know, I I totally can appreciate and understand for those people who legitimately cannot afford to have a streaming service like that. But they're not the people that were sitting in that audience, sure. as Bill pointed out right. uh, at STLV. And and I love your analogy, Brian. It's the Star Trek Network. And by what was said earlier this week in some news, some of the folks at CBS want CBS All Access to be having Star Trek on all the time. So it's seven. only going to get bigger. So I, I, I thought rain was hilarious
1: with what he did. You're going to add something. No, no,
2: no. I was just going to say okay. rain comes off as someone who speaks, um, speaks his mind and isn't afraid to ruffle some feathers every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I wish I was there to see the reaction. Um, but you know what? All in all at STLV, I think going in the weeks leading up to it, we weren't exactly sure how folks are going to react to some of those Discovery actors. And mm-hmm. I want to commend everyone that was in the audience. Everyone seemed very, very appreciative and very, very positive towards Discovery, whether they are big fans of the show or somewhat critical. So uh, it was great to see.
1: I, I agree with that. And, and continuing on with that point, um, I think one of the other interesting panels was the one Wilson Cruz was on. Um, because for those people who are watching Discovery, he said that Dr. Culbert is coming back in season two, which we all kind of suspected those of us who watch Discovery. Yeah. Um, but this was really the first real outward confirmation we've had from anybody in the Discovery camp that he was coming back. So I'm going to ask you both and maybe put you on the spot. Is he coming back for reals or are we talking more mycelial stuff or, or maybe flashbacks? Brian, how about you first? I'm leaning
2: towards my see a little network. Um, there's so many different ways that Culver could be brought back. Um, but I'm so glad that that character will get some more screen time. I think mm-hmm. in that first season of discovery, we all kind of fell in love with, with, with both him and the relationship that we started to see blossoming on screen. Um, so I think, to see that continue is, uh, is an amazing thing. We spoke to, uh, to, to Wilson Cruz um, a little bit later on in the convention one-on-one where we have we have the video up on treknews.net. And he had mentioned to us that we have only seen the first chapter of that love story. And mm-hmm. um, there's so much more to come. And I think that uh, I, for one, am, am super excited to see that continue. However, yeah, it continues. I th-
0: I think for me, and I think you guys will probably agree, the oh, holy bleep moment in season one was when he got his neck snapped. Nobody saw that coming, I think, in any way, shape, or form. I am leaning towards the mycelial network also, but I really would love it if the mycelial network was somehow able to reincarnate him some way, whether it's through some kind of time. I mean, we know that they jumped nine months into the future when they took the mycelial network to get back to the prime universe, who knows if they'll be able to do something so that they can bring him back. So it will be a real Wilson Cruz in a real prime universe to continue that relationship with Stamets. That's what I'm hoping. Sure. I'm not, of course uh, I'd love to be in the writer's room to find out what <laughs> they're doing, but of course none of us are, but I think it's great that he's going to be back. Your, um, your interview, Brian with him was great. I love the uh, back and forth that was going back uh, between, between Wilson and, and uh, the gentleman that did the interview. It was, it was a great, it was great to see him. They seem, they seem so willing to talk to us fans about what's going on in the show. And, and I, I loved watching it. It was great. All of the interviews were super, but Wilson's was really special.
2: Yeah. That's, that's one thing that we've noticed about those discovery actors where they, they truly appreciate Star Trek. And I think as Star Trek fans, we all appreciate them for loving this thing that we have a love love for. Um and Wilson Cruz is definitely one of those. He's he's kind of embedded himself in the Star Trek culture. Um and seems to realize the the gravity of what he's become a part of and become a big part of. Let me add one thing to that, Brian, because you said
0: something that's very, very important. And I was going to bring it up later, but I think I want to bring it up now is um, I had the opportunity to uh, get photo ops with Doug Jones, mm-hmm. Mary we- uh, Wiseman. And then Bill surprised me by having a a, um, a picture with Stamets himself. And I was just, just ecstatic. And I sent out a tweet when we left, and it, I'm going to quote it here. It says, so honored to stand with the likes of actor Doug Jones may wise an albino kid from star trek cbs for photo ops i have never felt so loved and welcomed as a fan and from the bottom of my heart i thank you their love of us when we are there to see them and get their autographs and pictures is unlike anything i've seen at a convention and i'm not putting down the other series in any way shape or form but these guys are so excited to be part of this thing and it it, it just it just bleeds off of them of how much fun they're having. And I think that's very important. And it just makes me love the show and the people involved in it even
2: more. Agreed. They, they all come off like such genuine people and they have a genuine interest and genuine love for Star Trek. And I, I can't imagine a different cast being part of the show. Uh, I, I love mm-hmm. every single member of the cast. I think they all do such a wonderful job and not to, you know, life isn't all rainbow rainbows and and sunshine here. Um, There's elements of the show that, that, that I am critical of, but for the most part, I think that cast Mm -hmm. does such a wonderful job and them as people, I think add so much to it when they're up on stage they're not thinking about, oh, okay, I've got to run to the airport. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Yeah. I've got to get out of here. I've, you know, let me answer this question. They seem genuinely interested in what the fans are asking, what the fans are interested in. And also, when they're meeting these fans, I took a minute to kind of watch some of them doing their autograph signings or doing some of their photo ops. And they're looking everyone in the eye and thanking them for coming out to Star Trek Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that, that that says so much to me.
1: I, I agree with you a hundred percent. The entire time you're saying those sentences, I'm thinking, yeah, we don't see that from Shatner and we never really have. Yep. This is the first time in our lifetimes that we've had a cast of a Star Trek series, sure. an entire cast right. that loves Star Trek. <clears throat> and that's not to, to be critical of any other actor that's been in Star Trek, but by and large, they were making a television show. Whereas the discovery cast seems to understand that they are part of a cultural phenomenon. And I think right. that there's a big, yep. big difference there. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, one,
0: of the, one of the things that um, I saw happen this week, you just touched on it a little bit, Brian, is is our friend Heather Barker um, got a selfie photo op with Doug Jones at the autograph table. I think it was twenty bucks to get a selfie. She got several. He took like one. Yeah. Time <laughs> with him and different poses yeah. and hugs and everything. And that's something that was amazing. When I was taking the pictures as I alluded to a few minutes ago, never were you allowed to shake the hands or or you know, it was always very, you know, you get in line, sure. you take the picture, sure. you walk away. Every one of these actors was shaking hands, Doug Jones was kissing people on the forehead and giving hugs and great poses. And that's something that I haven't experienced at a convention before, and I thought it was I thought it was really wonderful of them to be like that. And and I have a feeling that they're like that at every convention because they're so happy about what they're doing.
1: I, I have to agree with you. I mean, it was so, so refreshing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'll talk a little bit about my my interaction with Seneca Martin-Green in a little bit, but um, I, I suppose that as we move on to the next bullet point, it wouldn't be a Star Trek convention if William Shatner wasn't having a feud with somebody. <laughs> and previously it was George Takei. And uh, although I think that that feud was mostly manufactured by George, because Shatner is kind of aloof and just really doesn't care, um, it seems that Jason Isaacs now really is kind of his target, and that's only because Isaacs really likes to goad him a little <laughs> bit. I think um, I was reading some of those tweets back and forth, and um, I, I really get the sense that <laughs> I really get the sense that Isaacs just like likes pushing his buttons. Am I wrong? So let me read a quote here from Jason Isaacs, and it's, I grew up worshiping
2: William Shatner, dot, dot, dot. Not William Shatner. I grew up worshiping Captain Kirk. There's a difference, is what Jason Isaacs had said when he was up on stage at STLV. Um, And I don't think that that's necessarily him saying anything negative about William Shatner. I think Shatner may have taken it negatively. But I think that mm-hmm. that's just him creating this this healthy separation between an actor and the role that he the the character that he's portraying on screen. Um, I think it's can get unhealthy a little bit when we put the, these actors on these pedestals and expect so much from them from these characters that they had portrayed uh, in Star Trek.
1: I agree with you. I um you know I've said for years that Captain Kirk was my boyhood hero, not William mm-hmm. Shatner. Because Captain Kirk was, you know, he was the hero. He was the guy that, uh, that always won the day. He was the white hat. Right. And I, I think to me, that's, that's what Jason Isaac's comments said, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that whomever runs William Shatner's Twitter, because most of the time it's not William Shatner, right. is essentially a troll. And they keep this sort of diatribe going. In fact, at one point they had Isaacs blocked, but then he unblocked him after all of these tweets back and forth. So um, I, I, I get the sense that it's for Shatner to try to stay relevant in the world of Star Trek. Because Lord knows when he's at a convention he talks about anything. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> it's funny that you said that bill because I was gonna say, I can't imagine that he run that he writes his own tweets most of the time. So it's probably somebody who just wants to to be provocative and and cause a little bit of a firestorm. And I mean, somebody actually called him out and said, you might want to reread that tweet. His he compliments you and you have the nerve to say those things about him. And Shatner's response was no, read it again. I'll be here once you figure it out. I mean, I didn't take it in any insulting way when I read it. Um, You said it yourself just a minute ago. It was Captain Kirk, not William Shatner. We've talked, when we talk about Star Trek Continues, that Vic Mignogna has cemented himself as a Captain Kirk. (laughs) It's not a William Shatner being a Captain Kirk. It's Captain Kirk. It's the character that means the most to us as fans. So, yeah, this was just, I didn't really pay much attention to this, to be honest, because after Jason Isaacs, it's going to be somebody else.
1: So why bother? so That's exactly how I feel. I mean, it's just I get the feeling Shatner's going to go through a list. If it's not George, it's going to be Jason. If it's not Jason, it's going to be uh-huh. whomever else. I mean, maybe there'll be a faux uh, feud with Patrick, coming up <laughs> and we'll talk more about <laughs> Sir Patrick and just a couple of bullet items. I think there may be a few things to say about him. We're never going to um, get
0: Shatner on now. <laughs> <laughs> we guys it. But
1: we were, yeah, we were in no danger of that before. No, but, not at all. Uh, they were here to put that out there. Um, this STLV was the first for Star Trek Discovery lead, Sinequa Martin-Green. And I have to say that she was absolutely electric. Um, I stood in line to get her autograph for what seemed like two hours. Oh, that's because it was, <laughs> it two, was hours. two hours. yeah. <laughs> and um, she was so gracious and so sweet to everybody that came up to her, to your point from earlier, Brian. Um, she not only gets Star Trek, uh, I'm going to fanboy a little bit here and say she seems to live Star Trek. And this franchise is in capable hands with her at the top of that call sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw it out there. I thought that her panel was delightful. The one with Doug Jones and Anson Mount. Yep. And I, I feel like that she came away uh, knowing what this Star Trek family was like. Dan, did you get the same impression?
0: I got the exact same impression. And the thing that is amazing to me is, is I've said it. I don't know if I've said it to you out loud, Bill, but I've thought it, is we've seen her at so many things, whether it's San Diego Comic-Con or interviews and Entertainment Tonight or any of these other things. I have, She is so personable and always excited to talk about Discovery. And there's never any fall off of the hill on her excitement. And she was just as gung-ho about it And STLV. And I got to think at this point that it's it's real. Um, People would start seeing, you know, if it's the same lines over and over again, you know, that it's going to be, you know, okay. I have to say this. so I'm going to smile when I say it. It's not. She always says different things and it always comes out great. And she was fantastic on that panel, as was Doug and Anson. It was great.
1: Brian, what do you think? Uh, You got your chance to see her for the first time in person. Um, I think she's pretty electric.
2: Yeah, for sure. I had actually taken off uh, super early, get my flight back to Boston on Sunday morning, so I didn't get to see her at STLV, but I did see her last year at New York Comic-Con. And like you guys were saying, just, just such an electric personality, somebody that you kind of want to be around, you're intrigued by what they're saying. And it makes you realize how... Star Trek is in such capable hands um, Mm -hmm. with her as the star of that show. She seems like she truly appreciates being part again of Star Trek. Um, She appreciates being put in this position of you're no longer a, just a co-star or a, uh, or, 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 someone else that she was on in her role in the walking dead she is now the star of the show and she's taken that ball and really run with it she's doing such an amazing Mm -hmm. job leading that show and just being the the face of that series yep i agree
1: i'm just making a note here i'm sorry brian left early okay (laughs) there it is there it it is right there (laughs) right you actually wrote it down folks (laughs) I did. I did. I'll take (laughs) photographic evidence and and post it to the Twitter feed later. Um, uh, One of the other big reveals during her panel with Doug Jones and Anson Mount was the fact that Star Trek Discovery is coming to Blu-ray and DVD in November with pre-orders having started this past week. I am psyched. I've been waiting for this to come out on Blu-ray because I want to own it. (laughs) Uh, my my precious and um I, i think the thing that it leaves me asking myself is do you think that some of those naysayers who don't want to subscribe to cbs all access will discover discovery this way brian we'll go to you first
2: i would hope so i think um i think some folks they're always going to have an excuse not to support something or not to uh financially support something um But this eliminates one of those reasons. You hear from a lot of folks, I'm not subscribing to another network. I'm not subscribing to another subscription service. Um, But this show now being available on both Blu-ray and DVD, and uh, maybe the folks, uh, maybe their excuse at this point is, well, it's not available on VHS. I need it on VHS. (laughs) 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 It eliminates that excuse, and I think the show is worth your time. Is it perfect? I think we can all agree. No, it's not, it's not, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. But if you think about the first season of any Star Trek series, oh, yeah. none of them were perfect. Uh, we grew to love those characters, but it's not based solely on that first season we're building we're building with the second season we're going to build with if there's a third a fourth maybe seven seasons we're building and forming this relationship with these characters um and dialing back to the the blu-ray and dvd news the amount of extras the two hours of extras oh yeah um, that's worth the price of admission alone
0: right there Mm -hmm. it's it's funny um uh, we're talking about it it's fifty dollars for the blu-ray $41.99 41.99 for the DVD at Amazon.com and $6.99 a month. So you could binge watch the whole first right, season on right. CBS no Access, but yet there are still these people that math is hard mm-hmm. and they're still gonna complain about it. You just brought it up. There are tons of of extra stuff in these um discovering discovery the concepts and casting of star trek discovery is one of the things creature comforts which is a behind the scenes look at the makeup and prosthetics which we all know are fantastic designing discovery prop me up with by prop master Mario uh, Moriera to talk about all of the discovery props. I mean, there's there's, I think there's like 15 or 16 different featurettes that are listed as what's available in these behind the scenes. I for one love that stuff. Whenever I get a DVD, I love watching the behind the the scenes, the, um, the bloopers, the outtakes and all that kind of stuff. So this is something, yeah, I'll tell you what, I think bill, you're going to do the same thing. I have CBS all access. I pay for it by yearly. Uh, yeah, this is going to be on my shelf come November 13th when it gets released. So I'm, I'm excited about it.
1: I'm officially not allowed to buy anything for myself after my birthday in October (laughs) so that my family can still get me Christmas presents. So I have a feeling that I'm going to have to wait until December 25th to crack this bad boy open. I'm just saying,
0: I'll let you know how it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that. One of the divides I used to read um, in the whole CBS All Access debate was the difference between renting content in perpetuity and owning it outright. And I have to hope that some people will take the plunge and buy this series because, like you said, Brian, there's not a Star Trek series that's been perfect ever, Mm -hmm. ever, ever. Yeah. You know, whether whether you look at them as a whole or even just on a season by season basis, you know, some of them, you know, have had some not so great outings and TNG season one. I'm looking at you. And um,
0: and may I say, Bill, no. I, I'm speaking for myself, of course, but I think we talked about all the season ones. This by far is the best season one of any of the Star Trek series, in my opinion, by a landslide. And that's I'm including glad you Deep space nine.
1: I'm glad you interrupted me to steal the actual second half of my thought. (laughs) Drink your margarita and shut your face. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you you said it. You said exactly what I was thinking. It's like you're in my head, man. It it is the burst. The burst. This is the burst first (laughs) series. The best first season of any Star Trek series that we've ever seen since TOS. Mm -hmm. Because TOS season one is pretty rock solid. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very psyched about it. Uh, I'm really going to drop as many hints as I can to my wife that I would really (laughs) love to see this Christmas morning. I'm just saying, or perhaps (laughs) I'll get special dispensation to buy it on my own. Time will tell. Well, gentlemen, that was all a warm up to what really is the huge story coming out of Star Trek Las Vegas. And um, unless people have been living in a cave for the last week, um, I am talking, of course, about the return of Sir Patrick Stewart to Star Trek as Jean-Luc Picard in a brand new CBS All Access series premiere date to be announced. Um, uh, I, I guess, uh, first, I want to know your reaction uh, when you first heard. Um, and Dan, I know yours, so I'm going to go to Brian first sure. on there. Brian, w- were you there for the surprise? And were you, in fact, surprised? First off, gentlemen, I feel like we've really buried the lead here.
2: Patrick That's Stewart. what we do. Is coming back as Jean-Luc Picard. This My is God. this is world changing. This God. really is. And I don't mean yeah. to uh, I, I don't want to make this sound um crazier than it is, but after Shatner's panel, Adam Malin from Creation Entertainment came out on stage and he said, We've got a we've got a special surprise for you guys. Hang tight. First up Alex Kurtzman <laughs> comes out on stage. As we're going to make the announcement of, a, uh, of our brand new Star Trek series that's going to join Discovery on CBS All Access. And I think we had all heard the rumors of Patrick Stewart possibly returning to Star Trek. Would it be in his own series? Would it be a uh, guest starring role on Discovery? Would he be part of that fourth film somehow or um, some other film? When Alex Kurtzman welcomed Patrick Stewart on stage, and and for the listeners that weren't in attendance at STLV, Patrick Stewart was not at this convention. He was not supposed to be there. He was not advertised. Um, That place shook. That exploded. It really did. Uh, Him coming out and telling that story and describing how we are currently in a world that needs Jean-Luc Picard. And that statement of Jean-Luc Picard is back. And that reaction was like no other. I've been going to STLV Mm -hmm. for, for 10 years now. And I've never heard a reaction like that. I can't think of... Again, I, I, I don't want to make this sound bigger than it is, but I can't think of a bigger story coming out of STLV, anything that could have been announced. Um, right. William Shatner's name is synonymous with Star Trek. And, and hold on, wait, wait with me here for a minute.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> if they had come out and William Shatner said after his panel, hold on, I've got one more thing, the old Steve Jobs line, I've got one more thing. <laughs> I'm returning as Captain Kirk. I think that would be a major, major, major story. But I don't know if it would be as big as Jean-Luc Picard returning to the role. Patrick Stewart returning to the role of of Jean-Luc Picard. Um, We all love Captain Kirk. I think there are varying degrees of, 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 of love for William Shatner for the most part as star trek fans we love patrick stewart um he comes off like such a a, a wonderful beautiful human being uh someone that we we all kind of look at and say i kind of want to be a little bit more like him mm-hmm. and it was just uh it was it was definitely a moment it was one of those let's capitalize this. Let's put it in uh, italics. It was a moment to be in that room. I was, uh, I was down below the stage, um, right in front of him as he's making this announcement. And again, I'm making this sound uh, really big because it is, I had almost a tear in my eye. I'm looking around at the other photographers and we all knew we all heard the rumors uh, that this could be a possibility. We heard that there was gonna be a big announcement. We're kind of putting two two and two together. But when we heard those words of Jean-Luc Picard is back, that was a moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I would love to hear a, I would love to hear your reactions as well.
1: It really was. And you know, it's funny you say you don't want to make it bigger than it is, but this is this is pretty this huge, is huge, even for Star Trek. Because if you think about it, this is happening because of the fandom. Yes. You know, how many, well, for almost 20 years, people have been saying, we want to see something post nemesis. Mm-hmm. We want to see something post nemesis. And even Patrick said, you know, he, he knows that next gen is something that brought people through difficult periods in their lives and how Picard was inspirational. Sure. And we need that kind of about now. And I, I don't think he's wrong. Um, I, I know that I, I'm not the only person that's out there with tears in my eyes and I'm, I'm going to come right out and say it, Picard, I don't view Picard as my cat. You know, it's either Cisco or Kirk for me, but Patrick Stewart was just magnetic on that stage Mm -hmm. and he touched the heart of everybody in there. I should say the half of the people that didn't leave the room because Alex Kurtzman was (laughs) taking the stage because that's exactly what happened when Shatner left. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I, I, too, was in tears, as as Bill can attest to, because we were sitting next to each other, and I think I almost pulled his arm out of his socket when uh, I saw Patrick come through the doors. We were kind of in the back, but as soon as the doors opened, I saw that his head, and it's a very, very bald head and, and I just I just started going nuts. Um, one of the things I like so much about this, in addition to the fact that he was just so electric on stage and and he was moved by the reaction that the crowd gave him when he said John Luc Picard is back is as Bill said this is something that fans have wanted for a long time. Ever since before Enterprise came out, they've wanted something that took place after Nemesis. And not to say that this is going to happen or is not going to happen, but it opens up the possibility of any TNG character, any DS9 character, or any Voyager character from somehow being a guest on this series, which I think all of us would love to see one more time where we can where we can see any of these beloved characters even if it is 20 years in the future and i for one hope that they do that i hope they don't overdo it mm-hmm. um but it just opens up such an unbelievable future for the franchise and and i had concerns at first about well you know no, Sir Patrick is is not a, a, a young chicken anymore. And, and how would he be as Picard so far along in age? But if anything, it showed us when he was on stage, exactly what he can do with that character. And I can't wait to see what happens.
1: I think the thing that is the most interesting about this premise for me is that he is going to be Jean-Luc Picard. It is 20 years after Nemesis. So it's prime timeline. That's they said it without saying it, which I think is beautiful. And, he may not be a captain and he may not be in Starfleet. And I think that that's the most interesting premise. Yeah. What does a man do who has seen and done so many things, explored strange new worlds, negotiated treaties, battled uh, the most fearsome en- enemy that the Federation has ever faced. What does he do when he steps away from all that? And then how mm-hmm. is he brought back somehow? I think this is, this is a series with incredible potential. And I have to. I'll say right now, I am so psyched that Kirsten Beyer led the charge on this. Yeah. Um, This is a fantastic premise and she is a wonderful writer of novels and also uh, on Star Trek discovery. And I love this entire idea. I am bought in already and I haven't even seen a, a trailer. Right. Yeah.
2: In, in, in a world that we live in now with, with all of these reboots and this nostalgia driven, uh, uh, culture that we live in now this was one that didn't come off as as pandering to me anyways it didn't come off as oh here we are we're gonna we're gonna trot patrick stewart back out as as jean-luc picard this is something as fans that we really do want like we want to spend more time with him whether he's a captain or not we just want to spend more time with him and how fantastic is it going to be to see him 20 years after nemesis Just incredible. I can't wait to see the show. I want to see it right now. I want to see it right now.
1: Some of the best shots were the ones taken either backstage or the one in the of uh, of Patrick on stage with Frakes and LeVar Burton off in the wing, um, just watching him announce it. And they're excited that he's back. Yeah. You know, this isn't, you know, season eight of TNG. This is season one of Jean-Luc Picard. And they are excited that their friend and their their longtime uh, coworker is is back as this legendary character in the Star Trek universe. And that makes me even happier. Yeah. Plus, yeah. it means Frakes will probably be back to direct. <laughs> LeVar could be back to direct. Right. Robbie Duncan McNeil could be back to direct. Uh, Roxanne Dawson, uh, anybody that's directed before. We could see some more Crusher Picard stuff, which I think would be fantastic 20 years later. Um, I I think the possibilities for this are endless. And the thing I keep telling people is that, you know, Sir Patrick wouldn't be back if this wasn't a top shelf concept with a top shelf team working on it. People can crap on Alex Kurtzman all they want to, but it's his tenure that has brought back the most legendary starship captain in most people's Mm -hmm. lives. And I think this is a big win for fandom. This is a big win for Star Trek. And uh, honestly, for CBS, if I have to, to to touch all the bases here.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to mention is, is he made it very clear that his days as Captain Picard were done and he was fine with it. And then he got that email about six months ago and everything started with the negotiation. So he is going to have probably a lot of say in what goes on. And you said it, Bill, it's not going to be just some pandering. It's going to be a real show, which is going to have top of the uh, top men. So to quote Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, involved in it and, (laughs) and women, of course. And, and like you said, Kirsten Beyer, Oh my God, that woman is, is, Oh my God. I just want to hug her face for what she's doing with this, with this franchise, because it's phenomenal. And, um, it cannot get here soon enough. Uh, I I can't wait. I'm, I'm already waiting for the trailer. You know how I love trailers. I want to see the trailer right now. Let's get the trailer going. CBS. Let's go. doubt. I'm
1: just. <laughs> I'm hoping for the inevitable Neelix cameo. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dan. No. No. Nothing. No. What about what about Aguji Moya. Agujimoya. Akujimoya.
0: Hello, Mister Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> I um
1: I. I think that everybody left that that room and that appearance by Sir Patrick feeling um, reinvigorated Mm -hmm. and and electric and alive and excited, you know, not that Discovery is not exciting because it is. I mean, I am so psyched for season two of Discovery, but like I said earlier, this is this was fandom in action. I mean, uh, Sir Patrick essentially said those words. Right. that it's because of the fans and he knows what what star trek means to them mm-hmm. and i just i still get goosebumps talking about it right now i mean he um i i can't wait to see him put that character back on because it it's a it's a fantastic character played by an incredible actor oh my god
2: he is he's he's absolutely phenomenal and if the uh the character that he played in that most recent Logan film, Professor X, the, oh, the, the aged gosh. Professor X. Um, mm-hmm. If that's an inkling of of what we are in store for, that's going to be beautiful. And it's not going to be it's oh, not yes, going to yes. be a similar character by any means. But you know, it's it's similar character in the way that he has he's progressed. He's aged. He's uh, he's been through a lot. And we're going to be able to revisit him and spend some more time with him. And again, that's that's the thing that I'm most excited for.
1: I think the other potential this brings is, you know, we may get the answers to some questions we never thought to mm. ask. Like what happened to the rest of the crew aboard the enterprise during those 20 years? Was there something horrible that happened? Were there peak characters that we've loved as part of TNG that didn't survive? Mm. You know, uh, I think that beyond data, obviously, because uh, I'm sorry, Dan sister data is still dead. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, is it possible that some of these other characters may have met an untimely fate and he feels guilt over that? Mm-hmm. I think that would be very compelling. Um, as I just sort of go through things, uh, will we see an older Q? Oh, that's a very interesting thing or. because the trial is never over. Will we see a younger
0: Q? That makes wow. no sense.
1: No, that really makes zero <laughs> sense. think <laughs> Brian, I'm sorry you had to endure that. <laughs> Every now and then he goes, he, he goes out in left field and just sort of stays there. Um, but now you've seen it firsthand and, and I, I apologize. I really do. So sorry. Final thoughts on, uh, on Patrick Stewart's return to Star Trek, Brian. Again, I just can't wait. Um,
2: we don't know when this show is going to air. The, uh, from what I've heard, it could be anywhere, uh, possibly airing two years from now, um, and those two years are going to take so long to get there because I can't wait to see him back on the screen. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it's major news. It's international news. Um, I've had a couple outlets in the UK reach out for a couple quotes just on thoughts on this. It's not something that, that is just here, and it's a big story within the Star Trek community. It's a big story... worldwide and that Mm -hmm. just goes to show how big of a name uh patrick stewart is but how much he means to not just star trek fans but people that are have a little bit more of like a surface uh level interaction and knowledge of star trek they still know who captain picard is right so it's um it's great for star trek it's great for the world and uh and i'm just so thrilled to have him back as jean-luc picard Dan, what about you?
0: Well, <clears throat> I can't say anything that Brian hasn't already said. It, it's We were initially, I think, Bill, when the rumors started floating around, we were a little skeptical. It was like, okay, what's this going to be like? But, but seeing him up on stage, talking about it, quashed all those concerns that I had. I will say one thing that I may be a little nervous about is, remember when Tilly dropped an F-bomb not too long ago? Well... Let's look at Logan with Patrick Stewart playing Professor X and he drops like 30 F bombs. Mm-hmm. What's it going to be like when Picard drops one? Because CBS All Access, it can happen. <laughs> you never know. And I'm going to say right now, on uh, uh, mid August on Trek Geeks, it's going to happen. He's going to drop an F bomb.
1: Well, I mean, as it is, Picard already said mared in two episodes of, yeah. of TNG back in the early days. So right. he just, his character got away with it because Americans don't know French. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I honest. but it, it,
0: in all in, in all seriousness, I am ecstatic about this announcement. I think it was it was it was one of the most amazing moments I have witnessed in my fandom to be in that room when it happened, and like Brian said, that place went absolutely berserk, and I'm just so glad that we were all a part of it. It was phenomenal.
1: Let me pose a different question to you, boys. And as I ask, formulate this question, Brian, is that a suit of armor behind you? It sure is. It sure is. We used to have it upstairs in our, in our dining room. Of course you and, did. Um,
2: <laughs> we were worried our, our two-year-old son would walk into it or, or cut himself, so we've brought it down into the basement here. Right? Wow.
1: Makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> I'll throw this question out to both of you. I mean, As we've all indicated, this is news that has kind of rocked not just Star Trek, but the entertainment community in general. Um, does this take some of the steam off a fourth Kelvin timeline movie has CBS sort of, um, soured the milk in the cornflakes of Paramount and Brian, we'll go to you first. Being that CBS and Paramount
2: are still two separate entities. I don't know if it, if it has a ton of correlation, I feel like Paramount is still going to want to make their own iteration or version of Star Trek. Um, And whether that's Kelvin timeline or something else uh, we shall see. I think, I don't think they're long story short. I don't think that they're out of the business of making Star Trek films. Um, They won't be, Patrick Stewart led Star Trek films, most likely with this new series coming up. But I don't think that they're out of making Star Trek films. Uh, And again, what we talked about earlier with the two Chris's not being part of, of that upcoming film, or if there's going to be an upcoming film, we shall find out. Dan, what about you, man?
0: I think it's definitely taken the spotlight away from Paramount um, and the whole Star Trek four movie, because just a couple of months ago, that was the big story is all the different discussions with the first female director and whether Quentin Tarantino was going to be involved in another movie. That is all now way down the list based on what happened at STLV and, and Sir Patrick Stewart. Um, I don't think it sours the relationship between the two, because as Brian said, they are still the two separate entities. But um, right now, in my personal opinion, and I don't mean this to be a a mean thing to say, but Paramount's second fiddle at the moment. um, I think they've been second fiddle... Uh, for a little while because discovery has been so successful and they've put out quite a product and that's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to stay up front when you only have one thing coming out every four years where you have a tv series that's on for 15 weeks and then you're going to have a small hiatus and you're going to have another season and now you're going to have another show that's going to have another season so cbs has all their eggs in the right basket right now uh and we'll just see uh what because i think CBS and Paramount are still trying to like merge or something, aren't they? So we'll see what this has to do with what the future holds for them. I guess
1: they are. Although that's uh, that's hit some, uh, some rocks, if hmm. you will, with the discussions between the, uh, the Redstone side and, and the CBS side. Although the, the most recent news on Les moon is, is an interesting wrinkle in that as far as the me too movement and whether yeah. or not he will retain his position as the head of the largest media organization on the planet. I guess time will tell, hmm. uh, Guys, I don't know about you, but um, this STLV was a blast. I can't wait to do next year, 2019. Um, I I have not made my hotel reservation yet because I'm waiting for a deal on the strip. Um, But you can sure as as all get out believe that I'm going to be there day one and maybe even the night before this year and next year. (laughs) Yesterday nice nice hurry up bill let's go let's book it up (laughs) uh you know you have a a computer and a web browser dan i'm just throwing that out there uh brian thank you so much for joining us uh this very first time on trek geeks i i hope that there will be a a future occurrences of this happening and that you're not completely scared away by dan and his ugly face Um, (laughs) obviously we plug treknews.net every chance we get but um, you know, obviously, uh, aside from the obvious uh, website URL, how else can people interact with you and the good folks there?
2: On social, you guys can reach us um, on Twitter at TrekNewsNet, on Facebook at Trek News, and on Instagram at Trek News. If uh, you want to reach out to me personally, if you have any thoughts or want to read uh, anything that I'm tweeting about uh, related to UX or visual design or photography or Pictures of my kid. Uh, you can reach me <laughs> at Brian Wilkins. And guys, thank you honestly so much. I'm so glad that we were able to match up our schedules, and I was able to get on episode 147 of Trek Geeks.
1: Well, let's uh, let's do it again before episode 300. That's all I have to say. sure <laughs> um, we're almost halfway point. to that point, you know. Um, no, but again, thank you so much, Brian. It's uh, it's always good to have friends on the show, and man, you're you're always fantastic to us we uh we love everyone over at treknews.net and likewise. uh like for all the news on all the star trek Show. that's where, where we got, go man. that's where we go dan the other people we have to thank in our lives are the amazing band five year mission we missed them in las vegas this year and we hope everybody writes to creation and lets them know that they want five year mission back as the house band for stlv 19 occurring in 51 weeks um they are every ounce of music you hear on Trek Geeks, and they are just amazing. And this isn't parody stuff, guys. I mean, this yeah. is original compositions based on every episode of the original series. It causes you to look at these episodes a little differently, and uh, they're just every song is lights out. So that's Trek News. Dot, I'm sorry, Trek News.net. It's fiveyearmission.net. <laughs> go get, go get One more plug. I know. Go get yourself all their tunes. Seriously, you're going to become a huge fan. Isn't that right, Dan?
0: absolutely right we missed them out there this year at stlv we did have them playing over the speakers at the uh, fan geeks party and uh, we look forward to catching up with them real soon but i gotta say you know y- you gotta wonder when when too much is is too much uh you know one fark is okay right um, yeah yeah two two might be okay three maybe a little bit more than you can handle but when you're talking four five or ten I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I can handle that. But that is exactly what happened in this recent episode that I watched where things in the holodeck just went all wrong during a rock concert simulation gone bad. I know, Bill, I, I can tell how how scared you are. It's a farkful full of datas, and I'm not exactly sure how much a farkful full is, but it's probably like a lot. So,
1: check it out. See, here I thought you were going fark of Gideon. <laughs>
0: I've already done
1: that one. I know. I see. I, I don't get <laughs> the list of them like you do. You've got an entire database. I do. Of yeah. Farkisms that you've used in 147 episodes. <laughs> um, yeah. A Fark full of datas. Yeah. So anyway, that's fiveyearmission.net. <laughs> Download all their albums. Make Fark a happy guy because Lord knows these Farkisms must drive him to want to pull his hair out. Uh, Dan, next week. It's time to talk about yours and my all-time favorite villain in Star Trek history. And um, this is a conversation I'm dying to have. Oh, I can't wait to
0: have this conversation, man. He is our all-time favorite villain. He is so cobra-like in his look, ready to strike at a moment's notice. Expertly played by the great Mark Alimo. And next week, we will dedicate an entire episode to the one and only Gul Dukat. From Bajoran Overseer, to Renegade, to Leader of Cardassia, to Pa Wraith Worshipper. We're going to cover it all, man. So check it out next week on Trek Geeks, your independent Star Trek podcast.
1: You kill me with that every week. You know, (laughs) Dukat, probably one of the most layered villains in all of Star Trek Uh, one of my favorites and we'll talk about it next week of course dan for more great star trek discussion we want everyone to check out the tricorder transmissions online at the tricorder transmissions.com their united diversity party was a huge success congrats to everybody there for uh, raising some money for a couple of fantastic charities and uh, it was great to catch up with everybody over at tricorder can't wait to do it again next year i just wish it happened more often and of course dan as we've said already once before for all the news on all the Star Trek, to Please visit our dear friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 147 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper.
0: Jean-Luc Picard is coconut. What, I- what the f*** does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean
1: anything. It's just fun. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard is coconut? Your face is coconut. <laughs> I'm going to drink to that. You'll drink to anything. (laughs) I know you.
2: Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original series. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producer Bill Smith. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and DiscoveringTrek.com. Bye. Bye, bye, bye,
1: bye. Hey, boys, bing bong.
0: I dealt with you for a whole week. I really don't need to enter your guff.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say you dealt with me as much as you endured me. <laughs> wait that didn't sound good that didn't sound good at
0: all if you want to you want to reel that in
1: i wouldn't say you endured me as much as you tolerate no this gets worse it doesn't, it doesn't worse just, just be the quiet. first rule of being in a hole is to stop digging
0: okay i think this week Trek geeks is brought to you exclusively by dan davidson you just go home uh,
1: thank god well it's a good thing brian's here right brian yeah. i'm
0: here guys <laughs> wow
2: wow a, a guest for the outtake
1: at some point you are going to regret this decision <laughs> magnificently
2: i did 10 minutes before i got on the show Wow. Oh, he's gonna fit in just great here. One. Wow. wow it's for
1: his first and last ever appearance on the Trek Geeks podcast. Brian Wilkins, everybody.
0: Your face. Yeah, I said it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We got to, we got two geeks and Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Part time geek. Part time geek.
0: Hey. Any geek is a good geek. Whether it's our true. time or not.
1: It's true. Hey, so I, I mean, I have to ask you this because I mean, this probably will not come up in the course of the show, but we've never really talked about how your fandom started. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when did you become a fan? What was it that brought you in? What kept you going?
2: So it's funny. I just had to, um, I did a, uh,
1: an,
2: an email interview a couple of weeks ago. And I kind of had to think about this. And uh, growing up, I really, to be honest with you guys, I wasn't that big of a Star Trek fan. I saw episodes of TNG here and there, and I'd watch a couple episodes. I was a sci-fi fan, yeah. but I was more of a Star Wars fan growing up. And I think
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. You asked for you asked for the truth. Wow. Uh, I, wow, Dan, that was th- that was like DEFCON one. Don't do that.
2: Sorry. <laughs> And I think as I got a little bit older, Star Trek was something that kind of grew – it really grew on me. It was um, – a few of my friends were into it. They said, here, check it up, check out a couple of these episodes. And uh, they pulled out a couple of, you know, the TOS episodes, a couple of the TNG episodes. And I started to realize that this show is – or, you know, these films and these television shows are – so much more than just a little bit of entertainment. You learn a little bit about yourself. You learn a little bit about the people around you, the people that are important to you, the things that are important to you. And uh, not to get too serious, but it was one of those things that really stuck with me. Some of those episodes stuck with me. It made me more and more and more interested. And um, here we are, I don't know, almost 20 years later, and I'm running a Star Trek news website for going on,
1: when we start? 2011, so seven years. Nice. So did you just wake up one day and decide I'm going to start a Star Trek news website or
2: I had um I'd contributed to a couple other of the of the Trek websites and uh, and really enjoyed being a contributor. Um photography was something that 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 I'm really into. Design photography that's what I do as my my day job. Um, and after contributing for a while I thought, you know what? There's there's elements of this that I think that we could we could do I don't, I'm apprehensive to say better. Uh, there's elements of this that I think we could take our own perspective on and contribute and have a different voice on some of these things and the way that we cover these things, uh, whether it's the conventions or the news or the movies or reviews of the television shows or, or any of this stuff. Um, so that was really the impetus for it. And just wanting to be part of that, uh, that, that Star Trek, you know, that subculture. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and I don't know if it, it was similar for you guys where you just kind of want to be you wanted to be part of it and it was something that I wanted to be part of and I'm you know I'm not a, I'm not a writer I'm not a uh, I mean a like a, a television writer I'm not an actor so it wasn't like I was going to eventually be on a Star Trek television series so how could I how could I be part of this and this was kind of my angle to to be part of it and kind of live within you know this this world of Star Trek
1: that's really interesting. You should, uh, we should tell Krekorian about uh, about you and have him dig in on your fandom and Trek profiles, which has uh, become it quickly become one of my favorite podcasts. And when he hears this, his brain's going to melt down, <laughs> so, um, because it does every time I say it.
0: So, I've heard a I, ton of good Oh sorry go ahead. No I was going to say so what I heard about all that that great explanation is yeah there wasn't crap to talk about with Star Wars so I just figured I'd go with something else jerk <laughs>
2: <laughs> as, as much as I as I loved Star Wars growing up I didn't I didn't have that same connection as I have yeah. with Star Trek now. Yeah. Um yeah. It didn't it didn't hit me so deeply as Star Trek did and it's something that builds year after year after year it's not like oh when I was 22 I was so much more of a Star Trek fan at 38 years old now I'm more of a Star Trek fan than I was in my mid-20s when I first mm-hmm. started watching it so nice it's uh, um
0: I do have one news uh breaking piece of news that I want to share with you since you're sharing this story okay I would love hand to fire, hear it. hand fired first
2: <laughs> he did no doubt he, no doubt about it we can all all agree
1: about yeah. no no Yes, like I bet you, you have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, thanks for that insightful commentary, Dan. My pleasure. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That that's why you're here. That yeah. yeah. Well, wow, I've made a serious <laughs> error somewhere along the way.
0: <laughs> well, it is supposed to be the outtake. There has to be some kind of drivel in it. This is an awesome conversation we're having with Brian. I have to mix it up a little bit.
1: Well, it's it's so rare that I get to talk to somebody insightful and intelligent on this podcast, so I thought I'd avail myself of the opportunity. I just
2: fake it the whole way through. That's all.
1: So does Dan. Yeah, yeah I do. Yep. I do. <laughs> yeah, Dan actually doesn't listen to this podcast. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> do you guys listen to the shows after? yes yes okay all right because i've talked to some other podcasters and uh they they won't listen to their shows other than you know the editing the minor editing that they'll do after the
1: show so i do for for quality reasons because i want to be sure that i didn't do something really bad and you figure three Mm. and a half years in i should have this down by now and Uh i probably do but it's that comfort level of saying all right yep that sounded good you Mm -hmm. know i didn't make any obvious mistakes um i don't listen to it to be entertained by myself. I, I listen to it for as educational purpose.
2: Right. Dan listens
1: to it to be entertained by himself. Absolutely. I,
0: I listen. Yeah. I entertain myself while I'm listening to it actually. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty nice. Um, actually, to be honest, I, and I think a lot of people are this way. I hate the sound of my voice on microphone and I'm sure yep. Bill does too. That's uh, I mean, I just walked into that one, like couldn't even believe, but, <laughs> just a break
1: bang yeah, uh, garden rake break, but yeah break.
0: it's 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 something that i've never really liked but yeah i uh, usually driving to work or driving back home from work i'll uh, i'll listen to it when we're not commuting together yeah. yeah
2: so how many days a week do you guys commute together Too i many. love the videos by the way but <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so we're usually between three and five nice yeah nice. that's awesome it's pretty cool it's uh Yeah, because, you know, schedules or appointments Mm -hmm. or or whatever. When you were building the house, there were times where you had to be back earlier or later or or come in later. And it just it works out that way. Or sometimes if traffic really sucks on Route 3, it's, hey, leave without me. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 But now that you live seven minutes away, like around the corner, literally. Wow. uh Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. There'd be less of that. (laughs) I know.
0: God, what have I done? Thank you for the comment about the uh, lip sync. So, I got got to tell you, I'm going to break it right here, guys. I've decided I know what I'm going to do for the next time that Bill is not around and I have to go solo. And it's not going to be music.
1: (laughs) Ha ha ha. Uh huh. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of a lip sync? I'm just throwing it out there. Not at all. <laughs> okay yes. um, now of course I, I will say that the last time you weren't there my wife actually did a killer job with I just had sex by the Lonely Island she did an excellent job she was she immersed herself and really just killed it yeah killed she
2: was it. going for it she was definitely going for it yeah
1: has she so maybe has Dan someday you could aspire to that level
0: I, I have ideas of the of what I'm gonna do I might be in uniform <laughs> or in in character we'll, we'll find out what? La la
1: la, la 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 well with that uh are you gentlemen uh ready to begin? You got so it. Let's do, do this do thing. Wow, that's usually my line. Way to go, Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs>